When it comes to confidence, you have to make the first move. You have to be willing to show up like a CEO before you feel 100% there. When you find new ways that are different from the past to hit your team's KPIs or results better and faster, you will quickly distinguish yourself, build a reputation as a thought leader, become highly valuable to your company, and ascend more quickly into leadership roles. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Jess. I'm the host of The Art of Speaking Up, obviously, because it's me talking. I'm the creator of this show. I used to have a corporate career where I built a really successful career as a corporate strategist, but really struggled along the way finding my voice and overcoming imposter syndrome and building confidence. And now this podcast is my full-time job. I am a full-time podcaster and career coach for women, and I support women in building confidence, in finding their voice, in feeling super powerful. I am so passionate about this work. It brings me so much joy to watch women really start to trust themselves, really start to move away from the doubt and the smallness and into a place of seeing themselves as powerful, strong, effective leaders. So if that is something that you want, you are in the right place. I am so pumped to record this episode because this is the first episode of the new year. And I'm not like a resolution person. I'm not like one of those people that's like, okay, I'm going to like hustle to the gym now because the calendar changed. But I do love a blank page, um, a new chapter, like, you know, when you buy a new journal or a new notebook and it's like crisp and it's new and it's just full of possibility and opportunity. That is how I feel about the new year. And today's topic is so perfect for that. Because this is all about you taking your thinking and really moving your thinking to a place of possibility and to more of a CEO leadership type thinking so that you can grow your confidence and have a much bigger impact in your role. I'm so pumped about this and I have something really fun for you. So I have been developing a free video mini course called Three Steps to Tackling Imposter Syndrome. Imposter syndrome is a very, very common struggle that comes up with my clients. And I have so much knowledge that I want to share with you that will help you begin to dismantle it and take it apart because I have found that imposter syndrome is one of those mindset things that is so insidious. Like when you have that little voice of imposter syndrome lodged deep within your mind, it can become very stubborn. 
It can feel very, very real. It can feel like it's never going to change or go away. And it can really, unfortunately, slow you down and keep you from reaching your full potential in your career because it feeds you lots of like BS lies about yourself that feel very, very true. They don't feel like lies. They just feel like the truth. You're just not so good at your job. You're not as good as your colleagues. You're missing a bunch of skills. Something is wrong. Something needs to be fixed. It all feels really, really real. It's so easy to get stuck in the fog and the haze of it because we're human and our brains just play really weird games with us. And I want you to help make sure that your brain does not play weird games with you that get in the way of you feeling confident, showing up as a leader, taking decisive action in your role so that you can have a big impact, get noticed, get promoted, and build a career you're really proud of. And the more that you break down and tackle and dismantle that imposter syndrome, the more that you'll be able to do that. And I want to help you. This course is free. It is filled with insights that I think will really support you in getting past the imposter syndrome and building that self-trust and building that inner sense of competence and trust in your competence. And I would love to invite you to take this free course. It's on my website. I'll put it below in the show notes. Just head to jessguzzitcoaching.com slash free resources and you will see it right at the top of my page. Let me know what you think. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you find it useful. And with that, let's get into the topic of today's episode, which is how to build CEO level confidence. And this is such a fun one for me to record because so much of my career and my training that I received throughout my nine to five career, which I'm no longer in, but when I was in that, was really all around how to think like a CEO and how to communicate with CEOs. And so much of my confidence came from those skills. So much of my confidence in my corporate career came from the fact that I knew that my communication was CEO quality and CEO worthy. And I knew that my thinking, my problem solving, my execution was CEO quality and CEO worthy. And that gave me this inner sense of like, my stuff is really good. And that really helped me push past some of the doubt and some of the imposter syndrome. And the reason that I had those thoughts about myself, that my communication is CEO quality, that my execution and thinking is CEO quality, is because that's how I was trained early on in my career. So I started my corporate career. Well, some of you might know this, but a lot of you might not know this. I actually thought I was going to be a lawyer. I went to law school. I went to Columbia in New York City, got my JD, took the bar, passed the bar, realized during law school that I did not want to be a lawyer oopsie, (laughs) and made a really big pivot out of law and into corporate strategy. And instead of doing what 98% of my classmates out of law school did, which was go become a practicing lawyer, (laughs) which is what most people do after law school, I went to work for a company called McKinsey. It is one of the top consulting companies in the world. It It is the top consulting company in the world. And McKinsey is a company that CEOs of like Fortune 100 companies will hire to help support them in business strategy, which meant that when I was assigned to a project at McKinsey, very often that project was either for the CEO or someone on that CEO C-suite, which meant that the work that we were doing, the business strategies that we were developing and working on had to be CEO quality. 
So one of the first things that I was taught at McKinsey is how to think like a CEO, how to problem solve like a CEO, and how to communicate like a CEO. And I realized I have like this wildly valuable skill set that I'm continuously determined to disseminate to you and to others that are listening. Because as soon as I got into the corporate world and left McKinsey, I realized that the quality of training that I got there doesn't really exist in many traditional like nine to five corporations. And that's one of the reasons that I have this show. That's one of the reasons that I have my coaching and my programs is because I have such a powerful knowledge base that can help you really become a high performer in your career without working super hard, like without being the person that takes on all the hustly work, right? But be a high performer because your thinking, your communication, your execution is super high quality and a CEO level. And what I really want you to think about for today's episode is this idea that you will develop CEO confidence by learning to think like a CEO. So oftentimes when my clients come to me and they're struggling with their confidence, they're struggling with imposter syndrome, they're feeling like maybe they can't do it, I like to ask them, like, do you believe in your ability to figure things out? Like, do you believe that you can solve things? Do you believe that you can fix problems? And they're like, yeah, I do. And then I'm like, so how come you don't believe that in your role, right? And there's like this disconnect where they have this powerful CEO perspective of themselves, that they're problem solvers, they're resourceful, they'll figure it out but they don't see themselves that way in their roles. And so my goal for you with this episode is to really help you start to take some of those natural CEO qualities that you already possess. I repeat, qualities that you already possess that are maybe being left at the door when you enter into your job, because for some reason or another in your work environment, you don't see yourself as being as powerful, as effective, as autonomous, as resourceful. My goal is to help you pick up those skills that are being left at the door and bring them with you more often to meetings, to the work you do, to the way that you lead and show up, so that your confidence can grow. Because one of the most powerful ways you will grow your confidence is not by trying to be something you're not and not by like thinking, oh my God, I need to develop like 500,017 new skills in order to be really effective, but rather by saying, oh, I'm already good at that and that and that, and I'm already a leader in this way and that way and this way. I'm just not doing it at work. I'm not allowing myself to shine in that way at work. I don't have to go and develop a bunch of new stuff. I just have to be get better at letting my genius come out in a work environment. And so what I wanna share with you today are three shifts that you can become aware of to help you do that more often. Because the more you start treating yourself as if you're a CEO, and you start showing up to your job as if you have the sophistication, the smarts, the capabilities, the determination of a CEO, like the more you do that, the more your confidence will grow. So many of you think that confidence is just gonna come. <laughs> it's just gonna happen. But you you have to make the first move, right? Like 
When it comes to confidence, you have to make the first move. You have to be willing to to show up like a CEO before you feel 100% there. And I'm a big advocate of making the first move. I have a partner who I've been in a, you know, a romantic relationship with for over a decade and I made the first move. I met him on a dating site. I messaged him. I was very proactive like because I was like I am so bored. I was in law school at the time living in New York City. I was like I'm so bored of these law school men. They are literally the most boring men. <laughs> ever met in my life. No offense. But I was like, I would really love to meet someone outside of my law school. And I was ready. Like I wanted to go on dates and get to know men. And so I I took the lead, right? And I I really think that I very strongly possess this quality of being willing to make the first move. And I think that I bring that with me to so many things that I do including my career and including my confidence building journey. And I think one of the best things that you could do when it comes to building confidence and when it comes to so many things in your career, but now we're talking specifically about confidence, is be willing to make the first move. What I mean is don't wait for confidence to make a move and come to you. You have to make the first move, which means you have to start making these shifts in your thinking and behavior and trust that if you make the first move, you might end up in a decade-long romantic relationship with confidence. And this episode is designed to seed some ideas to help you more and more often choose to make the first move. So what I'm gonna be sharing with you today are three habit changes that will get you more in CEO thinking, CEO behaviors, CEO choices, CEO energy, and as a result, will grow your confidence. Now, please don't wait to feel confident to implement what I'm telling you. Commit to implementing it. Commit to making the first move and trust that the more that you are willing to be courageous, take steps out of your comfort zone, show up big, the faster confidence will come to you. And I totally proved that theory right in my dating life. I was like, I am ready to get proactive, not in a desperate way, but just in I knew what I wanted and I went for it. And I think there's something so powerful about declaring what we want and then just being able to humble ourselves and be in the discomfort of making the first move towards it, even when it feels a bit vulnerable or we feel like we're really humbling ourselves. So with that said, here are three ways that you can make the first move when it comes to building confidence and that you can really shift from being in a kind of average Joe way of doing your job to being in a CEO mindset. So the first shift, this is so important. This will change everything. I'm so excited to share this with you. The first shift is a mindset shift. And it is the shift from being very self-focused to being very focused on end results. So a CEO cannot spend a lot of time spinning and worrying about themselves. If they do, they will not be able to do their jobs properly. 
they need to channel that energy, that obsession, those ruminating thoughts, not towards themselves and not towards obsessing about whether they're doing things right, but towards obsessing about results. And sometimes that can also look like obsessing about customers, right? So in other words, they're taking that energy that they have, and instead of turning it inwards, they're channeling it towards what is going to help the business move forward. A really good example of where you might experience this shift or a really good way to help you understand this shift is in meetings. I want you to think about that in any given moment, your brain has 100% focus and you get to allocate that focus either towards yourself or towards the results that you're trying to create in your role or maybe the results that your team is trying to create. Now, if your brain is focused 100% on results, that's your main priority, and you're sitting in a meeting and you have suggestions that you want to share, you are for sure going to share them because they're going to help get you close to results. Whereas if you're in the meeting and your brain is 100% focused on yourself and you have an idea in a meeting, you're not going to share it because you're like, oh, I don't want to sound stupid. I'm solving for myself. So you start making decisions for yourself and not for the results. And so what happens is you miss opportunities to have impact. And what this means is that a trade-off is being made where it's like, I'd rather feel emotionally safe in this meeting. I'd rather not take an emotional risk of sharing an idea than, than do something that can move us towards results. CEOs are so obsessed with results that it wouldn't even, like effective CEOs, it wouldn't even cross their mind to like not share a thing. Not even in their thinking, in their vocabulary. They are just there to figure this out. This is something that I really started to notice in my corporate career, where the executives around me were just like obsessed with their goal and like just so focused on the thing that they were working on. And it made me realize how self-focused I was. And I was like, wait, I'm not like them. Their mind is like embedded in this problem. And my mind is embedded in my insecurities. And I started to realize that the way out of my insecurities didn't have to be for me to suddenly like feel amazing or for them to suddenly like disappear, but it it had to be for me, like a way out could be for me to just become obsessed with the results and just make that really important and care about that so much that over time, there's less and less room for my insecurities, right? So if my brain's 100% focused on myself and I'm like, well, I'm gonna focus 10% on the results, that's gonna take 10% away from my focus on my insecurities, right? The more that I commit to solving the problem and doing a good job, the less I'm thinking about me. And the truth is your job and success in your job has very little to do with you. And it's actually going to come from you deeply thinking about what you've been hired to do, what the goal is, and allowing your mind to be mulling that over and to be in that place far more often than your mind is mulling over like that that awkward moment that you had or that missed opportunity that you had in a meeting, right? And This is an essential trait for you to ascend into leadership roles because it's going to demand a lot of focus, a lot more problem solving, and you're also just going to exhaust yourself if you try to take all of the like self-rumination and bring it with you into roles that that are more mentally demanding and require a deeper problem solving. So the first shift that I would encourage you to make is see if you can slowly pivot away from being focused on yourself and get really 
really focused on the result. When you deeply care about the result, you will speak up, you will lead because you know that it gets you to the result. So with a lot of my clients who are struggling to speak up in meetings, sometimes I ask them, like, what's a situation where even if you felt self-conscious, you would speak up in that situation? And for a lot of my clients, and you can figure out what this is for you, but for a lot of them, they're like, oh, if it's something to do with my child, like if I was at the doctor and my child had some sort of diagnosis that I didn't understand, I would like ask all of the questions and get all the information. And I ask why? And it's like, well, because it's so damn important to them, right? And so as something becomes more important, we naturally take up space. We naturally get in the arena, ask the questions, right? That's CEO energy. The end result is so important that they're naturally showing up with that determination and that question of how can I get this to where I want to get this, right? And so that's the first shift that I want you to think about. The second one that I want you to think about, and this is such a good one, this is such a good one for all of you that are ambitious, for all of you that have really big career goals, for all of you that are wanting to really grow and evolve and be on this growth journey, is that CEOs are focused on future and what's possible and not focused on the past and what has already been done. One of our brain's favorite habits is to use the past as a barometer for what's possible in the future. And it makes sense. Like, how else are we supposed to, like, figure out what we think is going to happen? We look at patterns. We learn patterns. The problem is when you're growing, when your company is growing, when your team is trying something new, the past is no longer a good reference point because you're trying to exceed what was done in the past. And in fact, the past can hold you back. If you're too focused on it, it can prevent you from seeing all of the possibilities that exist in the future. And of course, it depends what stage a company is in. It depends what the overall trajectory and direction of the company is. But when I think of this example, I'm thinking about growth and I'm thinking about companies that are evolving, right? So there are some companies that just like, aren't high growth companies and they're just kind of cranking out the same stuff year after year. And that requires maybe more of an operational leadership just to keep the trains on the tracks. And then some companies are growing and evolving and changing. And that requires a leader, a a CEO who's very, very visionary. And I want to offer that your team and where you work in your company is like a mini little pocket of that growth and transformation, and it needs you to be future-oriented as well. And in fact, being future-oriented is how you're going to distinguish and position yourself for promotion, because the more future-oriented you are, the more often you will find ways and possibilities to hit your results better and faster. And when you find new ways that are different from the past, to hit your team's KPIs or results better and faster, you will quickly distinguish yourself, build a reputation as a thought leader, become highly valuable to your company, and ascend more quickly into leadership roles. But this comes from asking yourself what's possible in the future as opposed to looking at what has already been done in the past. Now, the first place you're going to get good at doing this is with yourself. When it comes to your confidence, your capabilities, what's possible for you in your career, 
So many of you look to the past and look at where you've gotten stuck or where you've struggled and you use that to extrapolate what's possible for you in the future without thinking about growth, evolution, and new possibilities. And listen, I get it. It's scary. It's scary to set a goal for yourself and imagine that you could do something different when you don't yet have the evidence for it. But that is what defines a leader. A leader is willing to do that. A leader is willing to put a stake in the ground and say, I'm going to set a goal for something bigger, something that I haven't done before, something that we haven't done before, and then I'm going to put my mind and heart to work to make it happen. This is the exact mentality that will not just support you in executing your job at a very high level, but will also support you in growing your confidence and evolving into that next iteration of yourself professionally. Rather than focusing on the past and the limitations and all of the things that feel like they're holding you back and dragging you down, you want to orient towards the future and what's possible. And as soon as you do that, you might find yourself starting to believe in it more and notice the ways in which it's possible. So for example, let's say your brain is like, you could never have that promotion. You're so awkward. You're not doing well in meetings. Like you haven't shown enough thought leadership. You keep getting the same feedback over and over. You feel so much imposter syndrome in your current role. How are you ever going to move up to another role? Like, what are you thinking? Don't ask. You're going to embarrass yourself. Just stay in the same role forever and ever, right? So your mind is like taking all this negative evidence from the past, beating you up, using it against you. If you get to a place where you're like, you know what? All of that is true. And I think that I can do something differently in the future. I don't think every meeting is going to go the way that meeting went. I don't think every project is going to feel as hard as that other project. I am going to continue to stretch into these opportunities and grow my capacity. And over time, things are going to feel different. Things are going to feel better. And my performance is going to go up. And if you genuinely let yourself think that and you genuinely let yourself like vision for who you could be and who you want to be, your brain, if you like genuinely allow it, your brain will start to surface little pieces of evidence that support it. And rather than your brain being like, oh, remember all those horrible times where you were horrible and you embarrassed yourself and you dropped the ball and ba da ba ba your brain will be like, oh, do you remember that time when you shared that suggestion in a meeting and everyone thought it was the most useful idea? Do you remember the time where you knocked it out of the park on that project and you were told by your manager it was some of your best work yet? And because you opened yourself up to opportunities, your brain, it's like little light peeking through a crack. Your brain is starting to offer you a different perspective. And with that perspective, all of a sudden, the growth that you desire feels more attainable, feels like less of a stretch. If you want to become a mindset ninja and you want to become so effective and powerful in your job, you want to learn how to do that every time your brain goes into stuckness and pessimism. Every time your brain says you're stuck, you can't do it, you've been failing, If you can get better at noticing that that's happening and being like, I believe that I can definitely move beyond where I am now 
and you click into that energy of like, and I've done it before, and this is the evidence I have, and this is the direction I'm going, you will become so much more effective in your confidence building journey. Because what you're doing is you're switching from like letting your brain just like push you around and sort of like letting it run the show to you noticing what's happening in your mind internally and you starting to run the show and you starting to remind yourself, oh, I'm totally capable of more than I've done before. And in fact, here's some evidence that I've started to accumulate that I am capable of creating a version of me in the future who doesn't exist yet. I am such a hardcore believer in this because I have done this in my own personal journey. Like I created a version of myself that didn't exist in the past. The things that I'm able to do now in my career and my life were out of my realm of ability, me like several years ago, having a podcast, running a business, like being as visible as I am, selling products, like everything. And that's just my current career. I'm not even talking about what was possible in my corporate career. But all of these things were not possible. Just like in my corporate career, right? Like speaking up in meetings, having conversations with executives, taking initiative, being a thought leader. Like I couldn't do those things at the beginning. There were too much of a stretch. I didn't have the internal capabilities to do those things. But that was okay because I stayed committed to the idea that maybe at some point I could. And it took time. It took effort. It took a lot of fails and difficult moments and being okay with imperfection. But because I was okay holding that vision and being like, look, I'm not going to decide on what's possible for the future based on what's happened in the past because I was willing to stay there with this like relentless faith over and over, I was able to change and transform and get the support that I needed and really make drastic, drastic shift in my confidence in my life. And this is something that I watch my clients do as well. It's not necessarily easy, but it's one of the most powerful things you can do. And let me just tell you, when you have that kind of future commitment to yourself and that like ruthless determination to your own growth, and then you get stuck on a work project and people are like, we're stuck, what do we do? You are like freaking unstoppable, right? (laughs) Because you're like, I've battled my own inner demons. I can figure out this marketing timeline or whatever it is that's causing everyone stress, right? So when you learn to be like a visionary, like committed problem solver, committed grower in your own development, it makes it like feel so easy breezy to do that at work because you are always going to be your hardest project, right? Like if you think of all the work streams, all the projects that you're on at work, right? This project, that project, you, you're a project, your relationship with you, that's a project. That's the hardest one. It's harder than all of the other projects. There will be no work project that's harder than that one. So when you show yourself that you know how to handle and navigate the project that is you and your relationship with you, all of the other stuff is going to feel so much easier because it all comes from you anyway. And so I want you to make two shifts from past focus to future and possibility focus. The first shift is within you and yourself and your own growth and development and really focusing on what's possible and what you're creating in the future versus what's happened in the past. And second, also make this shift in your work and with your projects. Rather than looking at what's been done before, keep your focus on what's possible, what value can be created for the future, That is how CEOs operate. That is what will lead you to so much growth. And by the way, I just want to clarify when I use the phrase ruthless determination, like to your own growth, I do not mean being harsh on yourself. 
I do not mean like um, being strict with yourself. When I say ruthless determination to your own growth, for me, the ruthlessness is like the love for yourself, right? And so because the word ruthless can have all kinds of connotations. And I was realizing that as I said it, I was like, oh, this sounds like a little bit like alpha Tony Robbins-ish. And that's like not really my jam. I mean, like I love a good like rah-rah, you can do it. But my view on us achieving things and growing is that it comes from this fierce love for ourselves. So instead of being like, oh my God, I'm gonna try so hard and I'm gonna push myself and I'm gonna be mean to myself so that I can achieve my vision of who I wanna be in the future. Instead of that, it's like, I have my own back so freaking much. I am so supportive of myself. I offer myself support and compassion no matter what happens. I believe that I can handle anything and I will support myself through anything. I believe that as long as a goal is important to me, I'm going to continue pursuing it because it's what I want. It's what will make me happy. So it comes from a place of love and support for yourself, right? Not from a place of harshness and pushing yourself. I just want to clarify that because so many of my clients have this internal model of creating success based on harshness and pushing themselves. And so when I say being ruthlessly determined to like the future vision of who you want to be, it's so easy to then go and mistake that for like being really aggressive with yourself. And that is not a sustainable path to long-term growth. It's ruthless in your love for yourself and your support of what's important to you and in having your own back. Okay, the final shift that is going to help you act and feel like a CEO and have the confidence of a CEO is the shift from being reactive to being generative. This is a, a place that I see my, many of my clients are working on. So reactive means we are looking to others outside of us to tell us what to do, to tell us what's important, to give us that overarching direction. And as soon as someone gives us a finish line, then we sprint towards it. But we're not quite as comfortable setting our own finish lines or being like, here's where we should run the race or here's where the race should be. And so for me, this is a shift from reactive to generative, which means I am generating the direction. Now, some people use the word proactive. I don't really like the word proactive because, first of all, I think it applies like working really, really hard and hustling, which I'm not for. I think you can be super effective without working super hard, without hustling. I think like that's a trap and a lie that we tell ourselves is that the more we work, the, the better it is that I think that's straight up, like just not true. But I think we're all very, very brainwashed into thinking that's true for so many reasons. Separate podcast, not even separate podcast episode, like separate podcast for a topic like that. Um, and, and also, I think sometimes you can appear very proactive on the outside without necessarily being in CEO energy because someone will say, hey, go cross this finish line. And then you become super proactive in terms of like, OK, I'm going to do everything I can to cross the finish line. But you're not being generative because you're not helping to set the finish line and choose where the finish line should be. So. We come into our job so often and we assume that the way things are being done makes sense, that everything is optimized and that we just plug into the machine and show up and do our jobs really well. And that's rarely the case, right? And in fact, 
what I see with my clients who make that assumption is they end up overworking because they're not critically thinking about priorities and objectives and finish lines. They're just sprinting towards all the finish lines that are given to them. So when you're in a generative mindset versus a reactive mindset, you are thinking about where all the finish lines should be. What, How many races should we run and where should the finish line be? So when you get into a new role or a new job and someone says, hey, do these 10 things, your first answer isn't, yes, I will. Your first answer is, cool, tell me a little bit more about these, how they fit in, right? And you've immediately broken a very, very insidious pattern and dangerous pattern of just running every race that's given to you And now you're thinking critically about which races should be run and on which timelines and where should the finish line be. And this isn't about you being like, I don't want to work a lot and I want to say no to projects. This is about you wearing a CEO hat and being like, what is needed in this role and what is effective to do here? And when someone asks you to do 10 things and you say, hey, we can do five things and get a better result you can get a better result and I can get a better result, that person is not going to complain. And I think we assume that we have to just say yes and be reactive and we forget how powerful it can be to be generative and really be thinking about the direction that we're going in and whether it is leading to the best possible results for our company. This is especially important when you're stepping into a new role Because when people are in a new company, they tend to want to make a really good first impression. They assume that because they know less about the company, they kind of have to lay low for a while. And they're super, super reactive as soon as they step into the new role, when really they should be doing the opposite, which is being super generative and not going into reactivity, but really learning about what the goals are and forming their own perspective, their own hypothesis about how their work and workload will help move those things towards success. This is so important because if you don't start thinking this way, it will be hard to advance and you will forever be at the mercy of people throwing work on you and giving you deadlines and you churning things out like a hamster on a hamster wheel, right? Like the work we do is only valuable in the result that it creates. And if we are not questioning and thinking about what results matter most and how can we help our company use our time most effectively, we actually aren't adding as much value as we possibly can. So here's an example. Like this is just an example to make this really crystal clear for you is like, let's say that your company hires you to be a marketer and your goal is to design marketing campaigns that are going to drive sales. And you get there and your boss says, hey, like I need you to like design 20 graphics in depth that we're going to use for 20 different marketing campaigns. And like you get to work spending all this time on all these graphics and you've created them. But you never stop to ask yourself, what are these 20 campaigns and why are we doing these 20 graphics? Because in my old job, instead of doing 20 different things, we would do just one or two really, really well. And you assume, oh, my boss probably has some reason for it being 20 that I don't know about. And this is where you hand off your thought leadership to your boss and you assume that you're not a leader. You're not like you don't have CEO skills. Right. And 
then you end up cranking out the 20 things. And here's the most insidious thing. Then your boss praises you and is like, great job. And you're like, yay, like I work hard. I get rewarded. I succeed. And you're like overworking and you're on this treadmill, like on this hamster wheel. And it looks like you're doing things good and right. But if you had stopped to say like, hey, 20 campaigns takes 20 times the amount of work, but two campaigns done really well can be equally as powerful as 20 campaigns have we thought about moving in that direction. And it's so common for us to outsource our generative ideas to leadership, to our bosses, assuming they know more, that they see more, that they understand more. Don't. Don't assume that. It's okay to find out right? Maybe you get to that job and you're like, hey, two campaigns are better than 20. Have you thought about that? And your boss is like, no, no, no. Like maybe it was that way at your old company. But at this company, we do 20 campaigns because people need to see lots of different things in order for the marketing to resonate with them. And then you're like, okay, cool. And then you can be like, okay, people need to see lots of different things. That's why we're doing 20 campaigns. So we can't just move to two. But what other ways are possible to help achieve that goal without us doing these very high amounts of execution and having this heavy, heavy workload? So when you're in a generative mindset, you're generating the direction. You're generating the goal. You're not just assuming that whatever goal was set is the best one and makes sense. And you're also not assuming that you don't play a role in that, right? Like your mind is needed you will rarely be punished for coming up with ideas that add value and get to the results faster. And this will happen by shifting from being reactive to being generative and really seeing yourself as being at your company and being in your role to help people get to where they want to go more effectively and faster and to critically question established ways of doing things. Again, Not because you don't want to do your job, but because you want to do your job better. If a CEO steps into a company and doesn't question the way that things are being done, that company is headed in the wrong direction. Now, that doesn't mean that that CEO has to go bonkers and bananas. I'm thinking about like Elon Musk and Twitter and That whole thing has been deeply upsetting to me and enraging. So it doesn't mean you go and fire half of the employees and make really reckless, uninformed decisions. But it does mean that you look at how things are done and ask yourself, why are we here? What's the goal? And where do I think the finish line should be and why? So those are the three shifts I want you to make. I want you to shift from being focused on yourself to being focused on results. I want you to shift from being focused on the past to being focused on the future and possibility. And I want you to shift from being focused on being reactive to being focused on being generative and helping to decide where that finish line should be and why. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to take my free video mini course on imposter syndrome so that you can move past some of those very doubtful, fearful thoughts that are keeping you from showing up with this kind of CEO energy, I invite you to grab my free course on imposter syndrome. It is simple. It is quick. It is easy to apply and it is free. You can grab it by going to jessgazitcoaching.com slash free resources. Thank you so freaking much for listening to the show, for supporting the show. I have the best 
podcast audience and listeners in the world. Those are my thoughts about my podcast. I am continually touched when you reach out to me and let me know how the show has helped you. I am continually touched and like over the moon excited when you leave a review. So thank you so much to those of you who have left a review for the show. And I am touched and so appreciative that you listen and tune in and share. You have made this so much fun for me. Um, When I was in theater and doing a bunch of theater stuff, like we always talked about the role of the audience. And I think in some ways we think like it's about the person on the stage, but it's really about the audience. And so I feel so grateful to have you as my audience, because when I launched this show, I had zero, zero audience. So every day, I appreciate you for tuning in. I'm so happy you're here. And I hope that this year starts off really, really strong for you. I hope it's a year of growth and transformation and you really pushing past your perceived limits of what you are capable of. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll catch you next week.